Dear friends in Christ, well, we can drink it, we can swim in it, we can even water ski on top of it, but none of us probably have never walked on it unless we're God. And that's what we see happening in our gospel text today. Jesus showed his divinity that he was truly God by walking on top of the water on the Sea of Galilee out to his frightened disciples in a boat. You know, we live in a a very frightening world today. It is filled with, with war all over the world. It seems like these days there are terrorists there are, is disease that is, that is uh, destroying even entire villages, and there's many natural disasters that we hear about as well. Now, more than ever, all of us need a calming word from our Lord. For sometimes our fears do indeed get the best of us. And that's what happened to our Lord's disciples in our gospel today. After feeding the 5,000, Jesus dismissed the crowd, and he told his disciples to get into the boat, and he would meet them on the other side of the sea. And in the meantime, he went off to a a quiet place to restore his energy and to pray to his Father. But while he was praying, as we read, a terrible storm came up. And as he was on that hillside, he looked out, he could see that the storm was coming and that his disciples needed help, and at just the right time, Jesus walked out to them and calmed the wind. I remember being on the Sea of Galilee in a, in a fishing boat when I was over in Israel a few years ago, and on that particular day, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and the Sea of Galilee was very calm, but our guide said, that the Sea of Galilee is known for its storms and storms that develop very quickly. And I, and I suppose that's kind of what happened on that particular evening when the disciples were in their boat. A storm uh, surprised them. Now, these were experienced fishermen. They were strong men. They knew how to handle storms, and the fact that they were frightened and calling for help said something about the intensity of that storm. I'm sure it was a it was a tough one to be out there in the, in a, a fishing boat in. They probably cried out if only Jesus was here. Little did they know that Jesus had been watching them and now was coming for them. The story is told of two Christians who traveled to Shanghai, China uh, many years ago. And that while there, they visited a, a great congregation called the Muen Church. This congregation, along with many other Christian churches, uh, were closed during the time that the communists took over that country. Uh, it was closed in 1969. It was a time of great suffering and persecution for the, the Christians there in China. kind of reminds us of what's happening in certain parts of Iraq these days, and we certainly need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ in that particular country. For this congregation, for 10 years it was closed, but then in 1979 it was opened up again. It had been uh, made into a school during those 10 years. Uh, 
And as these uh, visitors to Shanghai and to this congregation walked through this building, one of the pastors told them to go up towards the altar in the front, and they did that. And behind the altar, they noticed this huge marble cross cut, cut there into the marble. You see that cross, the pastor said? Yes, they responded. Well, during the time the church was closed and turned into a school, the authorities took cement and covered up the cross. They reasoned that since no one could see it, no one would know about it. But then the pastor, breaking into a big smile, said with profound conviction, we knew it was there all the time. Their hearts, he said, could still see the cross. They knew it was there. And you know, there are times in our lives when the waves beat against us and the storm clouds make visibility very difficult and we wonder if God is there. We wonder if he still cares about us. But he's there for us, Scripture says, even when we don't see him. Circumstances may try to cover up his part in our lives, but he's still there. Jesus has his eyes on us in our every need, and his his constant care is evident both in the times of storm in our lives and in the times of calmness. We remember that he said in Scripture that he would never leave us or forsake us. And that's good news, and we need to hear that again and again. Now it was between, we feel, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. when this storm developed and the disciples were struggling to keep the boat afloat. It was, you know, it's almost impossible to get help in the middle of the night like that. Offices are closed, gas stations are closed, and so on. I remember years ago, we drove straight through from Minneapolis to Seattle. And it was getting to be very late in the middle of the night, of course, and we had stopped to get gas, and now we had driven several hundred miles through Montana. And there was a couple bigger towns coming up where I was going to fill up with gas. And we got to the first town there were no gas stations open. So we said, well, certainly the next town will have something open, even if it's the middle of the night. And we drove to the next town, nothing open. Well, we kept going with the hope that we'd find something open. Our gas tank was getting very low. And here we were in the middle of Montana at 3 a.m., wondering what in the world we were going to do. And we prayed about it. A few minutes later, we saw a construction company's uh, headquarters on the side of the interstate there. And there were some lights, and and so we just drove off uh, the interstate, hoping maybe someone was around. No one was there. But we saw a gas pump. And I thought to myself, well, uh, as long as we pay for it, maybe they wouldn't mind. And so we put a few dollars of gas on, and in those days, uh, you could get a lot of gas for a few dollars. And I think I put $5 of gas on and put a $5 bill on top of the gas pump with a, under a stone, and we took off, and we made it 
so that we could fill up down the road. Sometimes in the darkest times of the night, sometimes when there's no one else around, we wonder if we're going to get the help that we need. But God provides. The disciples needed help at a very inconvenient time. There in the darkness on the Sea of Galilee, with no lights on the shore, they were in trouble. But Jesus didn't let the hour of the night keep him from coming to his disciples. He didn't keep the distance either. He was several miles away from them, but he walked to them. And he didn't let that amount of of space keep him from coming to them. He sensed their need, and he walked to them. And like I said, he will come to us too in our darkest hour. The story is told about two very good friends who happened to be uh, together, uh, fighting together in World War II. And while in battle, a shell exploded close to them. And when the smoke cleared, one of them saw the other one a little ways away, uh, laying very still. And he wanted to go to him. He was his best friend, but the others told him to stay put. There's no use going out there and getting killed yourself. But he shook his head and he broke away and he crawled over to his buddy's body. And he lifted up the limp body and held it just for a moment and then slowly let it go back to the ground. And he returned to where the other soldiers were. And they said to him, we told you, you risked your life for nothing. But the man said, I'll never regret what I just did. For the last thing he said before he died was, I knew you would come. Do you and I today have the kind of faith to believe that in our times of need, our best friend Jesus will come and rescue us and be there for us? Jesus spoke words of comfort to his frightened disciples. Take heart. It is I, your best friend. You don't have to be afraid. When the storms of life come raging upon us, and when all of life at times seems out of control, when we feel totally helpless, Jesus comes. And that's an important lesson for us to be reminded of again and again, because We forget that. But there's a second lesson in our text today, too, that's also very important. And that is that when Peter watched Jesus walking on the water, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. You know, faith was beginning to show and stir there in Simon Peter's heart. He was starting to believe that he could really do the things that Jesus was calling him to do. He was willing to step out of the boat when he got that invitation from Jesus, Come, Peter, come. And he took that first big step. And to his great surprise, he didn't sink. He was walking on the water with Jesus. And then he took another step. It was really a moment of triumph for Peter. He sensed there, there was a victory of faith that was, that was growing in his heart. 
And that's the second lesson, you see. Faith involves venturing out, doing things we never thought we could do, trusting in the God that will take care of us. Faith is not simply some kind of passive trust that God will come to us when we're down and out. It's that, but it's more than that. Faith is an active process of of living a full life, going places that we may think we'll never be able to go to and have the courage to go to, or, or loving someone that we just don't think we can continue to love. It's to live life fullest because we know our Master is with us. God's gift of faith, you see, will encourage you and I to take the first step and all the other steps after that if we will trust. Peter stepped out in faith, and there will be times when we're called to, to take some steps we're not very sure about. It may to take the step to teach Sunday school when we've never done that before, or to work with young people, or to welcome a new family into the community and invite them to church, or, or to take a stand for Christ on a controversial issue, things that sometimes we never think we can do. But with that gift of faith God gives us, we can accomplish those things. There are a multitude of possible steps we might be called to take. But the main thing, of course, is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that leads us to our third lesson today. Remember how the story ends. Peter steps out of the water and begins to walk. But just then the wind picks up and he looks down at the water and the the huge waves and he begins to sink. Truly frightened, even though he was a tough fisherman, he cried out to to the Lord, save me, save me. It was a helpless, desperate cry for deliverance. You know, save me, Lord, is still the basic cry of humanity, no matter what our needs are. And it's okay when we sit in our kitchen some morning and we say, Lord, save me. That's okay. Whatever our need is for that day, the Lord hears us. And if we're wise, like Peter was, we will cry out to Jesus, for he's the one who knows all of our needs. When Peter took his eyes off Jesus, of course, that's when he began to sink. Bennett Cerf uh, tells a story. He says, there was a young man in a faraway country that spied a beautiful maiden on a road and followed her for over a mile. Finally, noticing this, the young maiden stopped and turned around and demanded, young man, why are you following me? Because, he declared fervently, you are the loveliest thing I've ever seen, and I have fallen madly in love with you at first sight. Please be mine. But the maiden said, you have merely to look behind you to see my young sister who is ten times more beautiful than I am. Well, the young man turned around and, yes, saw a young maiden coming towards them. But 
she was young, the ugliest girl he had ever seen. What is this? He demanded of the beautiful maiden. You lied to me. Well, so did you, she replied. If you were really madly in love with me, why did you turn around? Well, the man was quiet and had nothing to say, and they parted. When that man took his eyes off his love, he got in trouble. And when Peter took his eyes off Jesus, he got in trouble. And that's our third lesson. Keep your eyes fixed on the one who is your best friend, the one who is your master, the one who is your savior, and you'll be okay. When Peter cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus took him by the hand and and pulled him up. Jesus did not Uh, or Peter did not uh, uh, hold on to Jesus' hand, but Jesus held on to Peter's hand. That happened that same way to a father and a daughter one day when they were out walking, and they were going through the woods, and they came to a creek, and there was just a big log there that was kind of a bridge across this little creek. And the father said, you better hold on to my hand so you don't fall. And the little girl looked up at him and said, You know, if I hold on to your hand, Dad, I may still fall. But if you hold on to my hand, I know I'm okay. Our storms and our burdens become too much for us at times. And we need to know that there's someone who is reaching out with his hand and holding us tight and that we're safe. Max Lucado once wrote these words. He says, God is one who can't sit still when the storm is strong in your life. He is the God who lets me get frightened enough to need him and then comes close enough for me to see him. He is the God who uses my storms as a path to come to him. God doesn't want those storms in our lives, but sometimes he uses storms to draw us closer to him. Just like it wasn't until the storm got kind of bad that the disciples cried out for help. So today I'd like you to remember these three things for the days ahead. Remember that God is always with you, no matter where you're at. Secondly, reach out in faith trusting that he will deliver you. And thirdly, keep your eyes on Jesus through it all. May you find his sure presence a comforting force as you face the storms of your life. Amen.